بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين After talking about the significance of the Quran based on the Hadith and then based on the Quran and then the position that the Quran has with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the fact that the Quran is not a worldly reality. Quran is something which belongs to Alam Indiyat, but also has been presented to us in the form of a word, a kalam, a qawl, or hadith that we can understand. And about Quran being alive, and also what is the meaning of revelation. So now we want to continue with uh, two things. One is about Quran being a manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second, inshallah, to talk about the concept of wahy. And this second will continue for several sessions when we will talk about wahy and uh, different ways that Allah has communicated to humanity. So first with Quran being tajalli. <coughs> tajalli means manifestation. manifestation. It comes from jala. Jala means clarity, polishing, you know. So tajalli means when something becomes clear. So it shows itself in something else. There is a hadith in which Amirul Mu'minin alayhi salam says, Fatajalla lahum subhanah fi kitabih. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala manifested himself, he, himself in his book. Tajalla lahum is for people in his book. So Quran is a tajalli from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Min an yakunu without them seeing him. We cannot see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah made a manifestation for us. In what? In his book, in Quran. There is another hadith from Imam Sadiq alayhi salam. A narrator, I think it was Zurare if I'm not mistaken. Zurare asked Imam, Ma tilka al-ghashya allati kanat tusibu Rasulallah. What was that condition that was happening to Rasulullah when he was receiving Quran? Sometimes he had the condition of ghashya, means like becoming unconscious, something like that, okay? Being overwhelmed, okay? So the narrator said, what was that? Imam alayhi salam said, Imam Sadiq alayhi salam said, ذَلِكَهْ إِذَا تَجَلَّ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ لَهْ مِنْ غَيْرَ أَنْ يَكُونَ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ أَحَدٍ That was happening to Rasulullah 
when Allah was manifesting himself to him without anyone being between Allah and Rasulullah. It was not through Jibra'il. So the manifestation was to Rasulullah without anyone being between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To understand this better, you have to remember the ayah about Prophet Musa and Bani Israel when they asked him to show them God. That ayah that is very important ayah. You know, Bani Israel were very much interested in empirical knowledge. They wanted to see, they wanted to touch the Lord. And this is why, you know, even right after they crossed the river or the sea, when they saw a group of people worshipping idols, then they said, how fortunate they are. They can see their God. They are very, you know, <laughs> fortunate. So they said to Musa alayhi salam, Ej'al lana ilahan kama lahum alaha. We are very content. At least give us one idol. Ej'al lana ilahan. They have many idols. Give us just one. We are very content. We are gone. If you give us only one, it's enough for us. So, one of the things they used to ask Musa salam was, you should show us God in the way that we can see God by our eyes. Okay? We have to see God very clearly by our eyes. Of course, Musa salam knew that this is not possible. And actually, a God that can be seen is not God. That would be a very limited being. But uh, still he conveyed this to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, Rabbi arani anvur ilayk. Okay? So he said, Oh Allah, show yourself to me so that I can look at you. If Musa was not able to see God, then for sure other people also should not even think about it. If anyone in the world was able to see God, must be Musa. Yeah? So he didn't say, Rabbi Arena. He said, Rabbi Areni. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Inna kallan tarani ya Musa. Musa, you are not able to see me. Never. Yeah? Land. Land is nafya ta'abid. You can never see me. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a teacher. Do you accept or not? Yes. Allah is a teacher, he's a muallim. Ar-Rahman yes. allam. Muallim doesn't just say yes or no. Muallim explains. In the way that Allah explained to angels why he chose Adam as Khalifa. Yeah? He didn't just say, you know, don't ask questions, you must accept this. He explained, Allama Adam al-Asma'a kullaha thumma aradhahum ala al-malaika, and so on and so forth. So, again here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a mu'allim, is an educator, he wants people to understand. He doesn't want just people, you know, accept. He, he wants people to understand. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made an experiment for them. إِنَّكَ لَنْ تَرَانِي يَا مُوسَى وَلَكِنْ 
Undur ilal Jabal. Now we want to have an experiment here. Look at this Jabal, this mount. If that mount can remain intact, then you can see me in future. Okay, afterwards you can see me. Then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made a manifestation to that mount. Even that mount didn't see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah? Just Allah made a manifestation to that mount. The mount was exploded. Even could not take tajalli. One manifestation of Allah was enough to explode it. وَخَرَّ مُوسَى سَعِقَى And Musa السلام, fell down and was, you know, screaming. Okay? So, what does it show? In addition to the fact that we cannot see God, it shows that even we cannot cope with manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had such a great and large heart and capacity that he could cope with the manifestation of Allah, but he was overwhelmed. Okay? Right now I told you hadith. When Zurara asked Imam Sadiq alayhi salam, what was tilkal ghashya? He said, When Allah was manifesting himself to Rasulullah, Rasulullah was overwhelmed. But still, he was able to survive. So, Quran is not less than that manifestation which happened in the time of Musa. And the reason again is Quran itself. Law anzalna hadal Quran ala jabalin la ra'aytahu khasha'an mutasadda'an min khashyatillah. If this Quran was sent down to Jabal, the same, over there was Unzur ila Jabal. If the Quran was sent down to any mount, even Himalaya, mm. and I think Khashan shows greater power than Jalahu Dakka. When explosion is strong, it can make a mount into pieces. Okay? But if it is very, very a strong, it can make it dust. The mount becomes like dust. Ja'allahu dakkan means explodes. Okay, goes everywhere. But when it is khashe, means it becomes dust on its place. You understand? So, Quran is such a manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that even a mountain 
cannot contain, cannot cope with. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had that manifestation. We, me and you, we have not had that manifestation directly. We are hearing about that. Like we are hearing about what happened to that mount in the time of Musa. We are sitting, you know, comfortably. But Musa, Kharra Musa. <laughs> Musa fell down. But nothing is happening to us. Rasulullah was having Ghashia. We are not having anything. Not because we are very strong. <laughs> because we are not understanding anything. We are just hearing. Our experience with the Quran is very limited and is very far. Like a person who is, uh, for example, seeing uh, fire from distance. You don't feel the warmth of fire. Okay? Okay. This was about tajalli and again it relates to the concept of life because tajalli is living. Now I want to move on to the concept of wahy. One of the things that we need to study in Quranic sciences is wahy. What does wahy mean? What are different types of wahy? What are the differences between prophets in receiving why and so on and so forth. Inshallah, uh, I can give you, send you the file for a paper uh, I have uh, on this divine revelation and Islamic perspective on divine guidance and human understanding. Or if you have the book, uh, Word of God, second volume of Islamic reference series, then that paper is there. But we can give you also the file, inshallah. So, we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has communicated to some people. In all Abrahamic religions, this is accepted. Jews, Christians, and Muslims, they believe that there were some individuals that they were able to receive direct communication from God. I mean direct means not through other human beings. It can be indirect through angels, but I mean it was not through other human beings. Because God has communicated to us also, but not directly. Okay? We have heard from prophets. But all Abrahamic religions agree that God has communicated to some individuals without other human beings being involved. We have many common prophets we have many common books maybe we don't have the name or maybe we don't have the content but we know that there were books like for example you know book of ibrahim alayhi salam we don't have any doubt about it what we want to do is to see what is the nature of this communication? When God communicates to people, what is the nature of this? What is the reality of this? Of course, we can never understand it 
completely because it needs to experience it. Yeah? For example, what does it mean to lose your child? If you don't have this experience, you never understand. No matter how much people describe for you, you don't understand what happens to a father or mother when they lose their child. Yeah? What is, for example, the beauty of having presence of heart in Salat? If you don't experience it, you cannot understand it. So, we cannot understand the reality of Wahy. Okay? But at least we can try to get closer through some concepts. We can try to get closer, but we cannot understand. In Quran, the term which has been used is Wahy. In English, we say revelation. But the Quran says Wahy. And, you know, we have awha, yuhi, wahi. We have many different derivatives of this root. And the literal meaning that ulama say for wahi is giving a message secretly and quickly. If, you know, there are, for example, here, mashallah, 50, 60 people. If I give a message to someone here secretly, in the sense that other people don't get it, and quickly, this is why. Okay? This is the literal meaning of why. In the Quran, the term why has been used in different senses, but all coming from the same root. So what we said should be somehow available in all these different senses. Sometimes Quran talks about prophets receiving why. If you study the Quran and find who are the people who receive wahi in the literal sense, I mean not prophetic wahi. All the cases that in which Quran says some people or something received wahi. If you classify them, sometimes it is about the prophets. For example, about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Or Musa alayhi salam. Quran frequently refers to Musa alayhi salam as a receiver of wahi. Jesus. Quran also sometimes refers to some people who received wahi but they were not prophets. Like disciples of Jesus. Or mother of Moses. Quran uses the term why for them. Inshallah, we will explain what does it mean. But they are not prophets. Or the Quran talks about angels. 
receiving wahy. Or about the bee. Awha rabbuka ila nahl anattakhidhi minal jibale buyuta. And also the skies, the heavens. Awha ila kulli samain amraha. So it's not only prophets who receive wahy in the literal sense, in the general sense. Can be prophets, can be disciples of, for example, Jesus, can be mother of Moses, can be angels, can be um, bee, can be sky. So it's very wide and very broad. When it comes to the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends wahy. Inshallah, I will explain later that also shayateen may also send wahy. They give secret messages and they have secret communications with each other. Yeah? You cannot get it unless you are also a shaitan. <laughs> Otherwise, you cannot get it. But when Allah is giving wahy, so receivers, we talked about it. When we talk about Allah as giver and sender of this communication, we can say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in three ways sends wahy. Three ways. One is through natural instincts. Gharidah. The guidance that Allah provides the bee with. Yeah? For example, how to choose a good place for life and how to make their hives how to produce honey, all these things. This is wahy. But what does wahy here mean? A book comes to them, a prophet comes to them, Jibrail comes to them. No. It's the guidance that Allah provides them with through their instinct, their gharizah. Okay? And they follow their gharizah and they do it. Sometimes wahy is used in the sense of inspiration, ilham. We call it ilham. You know, ilham. In Arabic, ilham is like inspiration, which means an idea is put in the heart or mind of someone. Okay? For example, when Allah says, وَأَوْحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمِّ مُوسَىٰ What does it mean? Does it mean she became a prophet or prophetess? No. It means that Allah inspired her. Allah put this in her mind or her heart that she should put the baby in the, in the river. river. Okay? Or about disciples of Jesus. So this is inspiration. And the third sense is what I call it prophetic revelation. And this is what we want to expand. 
So why sometimes in the Quran refers to instincts, sometimes refers to inspiration, and sometimes refers to prophetic revelation. When a person is chosen by God as a prophet or as a messenger, because messengers are the select of the prophets. Yeah, among 124,000 prophets, we have 313 messengers. They receive wahi, and this is different from inspiration or from instinct. Inshallah, we will explain. This type of communication is the strongest communication that we know. The best communication that we human beings can have is when God communicates to our prophets. Yes? There is maximum knowledge in the sender and maximum capacity in the receiver. And in between also there is no barrier. Mm. And inshallah we will explain this later. For example, Quran says in chapter 42, verse 7, Thus we have revealed to you an Arabic Quran, so that you may warn the mother of cities, Mecca, you know, Ummul Qura, and all around her, and warn them of the day of assembly of which there is no doubt when some will be in the paradise and some in the blazing fire so when Allah says we have revealed to you the Quran this is prophetic revelation this is not inspiration okay We want to make here a few points. One point is, this is a very important point, and maybe this also shows a difference between Shia and non-Shia Muslims. To be able to be addressed directly by God and receive. When I say directly, again, I say it doesn't mean that there is no angel. There can be angel, there can be no angel. I mean without any other human being being involved. To be able to be addressed directly by God and receive his message needs qualification. It's not that every human being, pure and impure, can do it. It's not easy. Let me give you an example. If you want to be taught by greatest philosopher of the world, the most subtle ideas of philosophy, those issues that he is thinking about it, can everyone become his student? Say, okay, we're taking a few people from the street and then he teaches them. It's not like that. Maybe in the whole world you can find two people, three people that can have that capacity. If someone is going to be spoken by God to receive 
communication from God, that person should be in the highest position when it comes to purity, piety, intelligence, capacity. He has to be the best. And one of the greatest also qualities is humbleness. It's amazing. Humbleness is the key for all success. You have to be in the highest position of piety and purity and also have greatest humbleness. Inshallah, we'll talk about it. So to be able to be addressed directly by God and receive his message and revelation requires a very high capacity. God is the most pure and it is only the pure hearts that can fully grasp his message. Prophet Muhammad said, God has not sent any prophet or messenger, any Nabi or Rasul, unless he has completed his intellect. No one has been raised as a Nabi or as a Rasul unless Allah has completed aql of that person. So has to be most intelligent, most intellectual person. Aql is very important. And his intellect is superior to intellects of his entire nation. Aql. Do you remember the hadith of Imam Qazim to Hisham ibn Hakam about aql, in which he says the best of people are those who are best in aql. Imam Askari says verily God found the heart of Muhammad the best and with the greatest capacity so he chose him for prophethood. So to have the greatest intellect, to be the best in your heart, to be greatest in your capacity. So we shouldn't think that a sinful person, an idol worshiper, after some incident can become a prophet. It needs a life of piety. It needs established quality of piety and intelligence and greatness of heart and capacity. Not that everyone can just randomly be selected to become a prophet. Point two. This point is also very important. According to the Shia, the prophets are fully aware of divine communication to them. The prophets are fully aware of divine communication. You know, when you receive communication from God, it's not possible to remain in doubt. Was it God who spoke to me? Or was it shaitan? Or was it my just imagination? 
How can a prophet be in doubt about this? The people who have thought about this, they haven't understood the meaning of wahy. A prophet would never be in doubt about communication to him. The reception of wahy is of the kind that the prophets never doubt about the veracity of what has been revealed to them. There is a story that uh, you find it in some, you know, books, you know, uh, and our Sunni brothers, you know, narrate this, and some Orientalists also narrate this based on those sources, that when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for the first time received wahi, so he was shocked. And when he went back home and he saw Lady Khadija, and Lady Khadija saw him in that condition, so Lady Khadija said, let's take you to my cousin, Waraqat ibn Nawfal, because he was a man who had knowledge of the previous books. So they went to him, he listened to the prophet and said, you must have become a prophet. <laughs> this story, which unfortunately has spread, doesn't make any sense at all. How a person who is supposed to guide people, he himself has to be informed by another person that you are a prophet. This shows that uh, they haven't understood the meaning of wah. Inshallah, we'll explain. Wah is of a different type. Wah even is more obvious than seeing something by your eyes. When I see you, do I need someone to tell me you have seen him? I don't need anyone to tell him you have seen him. I know myself. Whether people say you have seen him or you say you have not seen him, it doesn't make any difference for me. Wah is even more obvious than this. So when they receive communication from God, they would have no doubt. If a prophet himself is in doubt about his mission and message, how can people be expected to believe in him and follow him wholeheartedly and sacrifice their lives and possessions in the way that he asked them? If a prophet says, you know, uh, people, you should not live in the way that you used to live. You used to worship idols. You used to, I don't know, have slaves. You used to rob, attack. Now you have to change. They say, why? Then he says, because something happened to me and the cousin of my wife said, you know, this is from God. <laughs> so now please, you know, change your ideas, your lifestyle. <laughs> they wouldn't accept The Qur'an speaks of the revelation as a kind of vision. Is ru'ya, is vision. Which accepts no illusion or error and cannot be disputed. For example, 
after talking about the incident of the ascension, Mi'raj, Quran says this, chapter 53, verses 11 to 18. The heart didn't deny what it saw. So it's a matter of seeing, not guessing, not thinking. Ma kathabal fu'adu ma ra'a is ru'ya. Will you then dispute with him about what he saw? Afatumarunahu ala ma ra'a. Certainly he saw it yet another time. Walakad ra'ahu. Nazlatan Ukhra in the Sidratil Muntaha. He saw it another time next to the tree. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The gaze, basaru wa ma taqa. The gaze, the looking, was not confused, was not mistaken, was not, you know going beyond the boundaries certainly he saw some of the greatest signs of his lord just in few lines how many times allah says ru'ya 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 basar ru'ya okay because for us the best type of knowledge we have is when we see something. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using ru'ya, vision, but it is the vision of the heart. Vision of the eye can sometimes be mistaken. You can have, you know, mirage, for example. Vision of the heart is the best type of knowledge, but maybe once in every few months, a few years, maybe you make a mistake. But when it is vision of the heart, there is no mistake. No illusion, no confusion. Zorara, I mentioned some hadith for you. Zorara, you know Zorara. He had a conversation with Imam Sadiq alayhi salam. And it's very good. Zorara asked this question for our class. <laughs> it's very re relevant for our class. He says to Imam alayhi salam, how the Prophet became certain that it was a genuine revelation that he received, not a satanic temptation. Okay, it's a good uh, question. Imam Sadiq alayhi salam said, verily, when God chooses a servant of him to become an apostle, Rasul, he bestows upon that person confidence and tranquility. So what comes to him from God is like what he sees with his eyes. No doubt, no kind of uncertainty. In another hadith, 
Imam Sadiq was asked how the apostles knew that they were apostles. Imam Sadiq says, the veil, qita, was removed from them. If there is no veil and you can see the hidden world, the unseen world, then you have no doubt. Then someone else who has the whale cannot help you. You have to help them, not that they help you. Muhammad ibn Muslim, who is also a very well-known narrator like you know, Zorara, he had a conversation with Imam Sadiq about muhaddath. We have muhaddath, means a scholar of hadith, yeah? Muhaddis. For example, we say muhaddisa qummi. Muhaddis. But muhaddath is maf'ul. Okay? Means someone that has been spoken with. So, he asked Imam Sadiq about muhaddath. Imam Sadiq said, muhaddath is the one who hears the voice and does not see. Prophet can see. Muhaddas is not necessarily a prophet. Muhaddas can be a person who is not a prophet. Muhammad ibn Muslim asked Imam, in that case, how does he know that this was the speech of the angel? If he can hear but not see, so how he understands that what he is hearing is the voice of angel? who is bringing some knowledge to him. Imam Sadiq said, he will be bestowed with confidence and tranquility so that he knows that it was the angel, means the angel who spoke to him. So the knowledge that the prophets have is not the knowledge that we have. It's not a knowledge which is subject to doubt, to confusion, to misunderstanding, or even forgetting. They are not the same. Ilm Huzuri can be also for us. But maybe we can say why is also a type of Ilm Huzuri that we don't experience, but they experience, that they see the realities directly. So this was the second point. So the first point was to receive revelation, direct communication from God, you need to have certain qualifications. The second point was when someone receives wah from God, it leaves no doubt, no illusion, no confusion. And the person feels confidence and tranquility and certainty in his heart. Because he is seeing the realities without whale, without ghita. Inshallah, we will continue this discussion, inshallah, next week. Wa akhiru da'wana, and alhamdulillah, rabbil alam.